Hey everyone, it's Michael. If you haven't heard, we have just launched the new Union Pro Mentors program where you can take office hours with pro players from top leagues, get world-class coaching, do mindset workshops, have video breakdown sessions, get help with college recruiting, join parent education portals, and so much more, all exclusively for goalkeepers. So be sure to join Union Premium risk-free to take advantage of all there is to offer. Go to unionsports.com join or the Union GK community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks again for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to a very, very live and crazy Inside the 18, live from Anaheim, California, at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. I'm Michael Madgett, joined by 99 World Cup winner, Suskio Weber, who's got her Red Bull. She's got her glasses. She's got her headset. She's got her hat. She's ready to go. I am. I am. And I'm watching a 3v3 game right here that I'm totally enthralled in. This is this is absolutely amazing. This is honestly the first time I think we've ever done an Inside the 18 where there's literally a soccer game going on in front of us, in front of us uh, at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And guys, if you're at the United Soccer Coaches Convention right now and you're watching this on the Union app or you're watching it on Instagram Live or YouTube or Facebook or with a cup and a string and a styrofoam cup, <laughs> however you watch the podcast, come on down to Media Row in the Exhibit Hall D. We're at booth 008. Come and say hello. Uh, we got incredible people. Uh, Jody Green, Melissa Paramo, right in the front right over there. Uh, we are doing a raffle. We're giving away a gift bag from the union. Uh, you're getting a free hat, union premium subscriptions, a lot going on. But Bill Reno is more important. There's the NWSL, NWSL draft tomorrow, right? Yeah. And Bill, I got to tell you this before we get into the NWSL draft because you're the end all be all. I have never seen Mike like dumbfounded when Brad Friedel, Friedel came up, lifted me off the ground, bear hugged me and was like, hey, what's up? And Mike's like, <laughs> Uh, uh, that's Brad Friedel. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I know. Mike was like straight up at, at Friedel to see him. I, I was, I was also, also looking straight up at Friedel right over I there. I know. I mean, yeah. he's like, he's like Shaq. I mean, to be honest, what I loved about Friedel was when he used to stand for a PK and he used to extend his arms and hold the top of the goal, the post. Do you remember that? He used to hold the top of the post with his hands. That's how yeah. tall he is. That's yeah. unreal. Now, uh, Bill, Bill, did you ever uh, did did you ever get to see Brad Friedel live in person? Um, I was a little young. I caught him on the tail end there, um, but the O2 run is definitely something that stand. That was like my first World Cup of like having any idea. I was let's see, thirteen at the time, so that was like my first World Cup, and obviously that was huge. He had two penalty saves in that tournament. I think he is one of two goalkeepers to have ever done that, um, not counting shootouts. Um, but uh, yeah, he had a big tournament, so yeah, but, he was a lot of fun. I wish I would have caught him more, though. But by the way, I'm not gonna lie. Like for anybody out there who doesn't know who Bill Reno is, you don't need to fact check that. That's probably right because Bill Reno literally knows everything <laughs> about soccer statistics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bill, yeah. before we kind of get into the into the NWSL draft and everything like that, why don't you kind of catch everybody up with what's going on with you? You got a cool new project going on with these Hall of Fame cards. Yeah, yeah. I actually have some prints next to me, so I just went to the, the printer today. So I'm working on these these cards here. They'll be cut out. Obviously, this is just a sheet, so I don't have to – and it's not me cutting it, thankfully. So um, 
but uh, yeah, working on some Hall of Fame cards. So I have I've been doing a little project for the last few years uh, of trying to find a way to preserve the history of women's goalkeeping because you know what is it? Where did it start? Where does it go? Uh, and so um, there will be thir- there's 34 individual goalkeepers. I'll have like a, a picture on the front, and then on the back they'll have their own bio. Um, and, um, yeah, just trying to find a way to make it a little bit more tangible as opposed to just having it something on the internet. So a little project, but I'm excited to, to get it off the ground. I mean, I, I love that, man. I mean, I think, you know, one of the really cool things about Bill Susk is just like his passion <laughs> for literally everything, like deep cut goalkeeping. Like, honestly, like if like, if you talk to Bill and he's like, <laughs> oh man, did you watch like that Croatian second division goalkeeper? Alyssa, what's her face? Like, she's amazing. She played it, blah, blah, blah. No, I love it because Bill reached out to me and said, hey, are you doing the college draft for the NWSL this year? And I'm not. I did the expansion draft. And I and and he was just like, what do you need? And I'm like, you know what? Bill, send it to me anyway. And the breakdown is undeniable. Oh. And it's like, it's like Paisley's in the breakdown. <laughs> Like, you know, she's not an NWSL goalkeeper yet, but in 15 years, my favorite is like, you guys have not been on everybody's soccer. Like she, she, she's got a breakdown. I I mean, seriously, Bill, like in everybody's soccer, you're like the top 10, you've 13 goalkeepers. Exactly. Yeah. In the DC metro area. He knows everything. It's amazing. Where do you find all this? I think my next goal is to get more people to tell me I'm wrong because I feel like I'm in an area that not enough people are. I need I need more dissension. I need more outside. Because yeah, I'll, but I'll, I feel like people don't know as much as you do, so nobody's going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I I'll be honest. I know there are people out there who know more than me, but they're they're very tactful and they're very quiet online, and they're the higher up people. Those are the ones I'm trying to get into that, to get their thoughts. So. Uh, but they they stay quiet when it comes to public. But they they move some strings. So, I I, I think uh, I think you know one of the things, uh, Bill, in regards to that is people don't know that you not don't just post, you know, uh, content in regards to like different rankings and everything like that. But you're actually a goalkeeper coach yourself, uh, and you've been working in the college game for a, a while. Like, how important is it for you to stay involved in the game as a coach too uh, when you're involved on the media? Yeah, everyone's got a different route, and I definitely admire people that want to put something online because it obviously is a little i mean as y'all know it's anyone can take a cheap shot at you from a million miles away and say you're crazy or you're wrong and that obviously stings a bit but so there i do appreciate someone wanting to put something on i think for me being confident of putting something on i had to put it in practice as if anyone can write anything so i think for me it's like okay well i can think this or i can you know assume this but if it doesn't translate to the actual game with the goalkeepers I'm working with, um, you know, it's it's kind of meaningless. So it's, it's been important for me, but it's not – I don't know if that's everyone's path. You know, I, I will say this, though, you know, Sus, because obviously, you know, you've, you've been on both sides, on the media side and on, on the coaching side. I think it's difficult to do the media side if you haven't been involved in the game as a coach or a player. Would you Would you agree? Um, yeah, I do. Because as an analyst, you, you look at things from the coaching side, you look at it from the playing side. So for me to have somebody come in that that's never played, that's never coached or anything like that, that's a difficult position to come in from. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, and 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 speaking of that, Bill, like you know, when we're talking about the NWSL draft, as we're kind of getting into today's topic, was this is that draft tomorrow? Is uh, there are a lot of people out there who are really now starting to scout these goalkeepers. It's not like it was kind of in the past, you know, Susk, uh, you know, whether it's the men's game or in the women's game where, you know, it's grainy footage, you know, from a, from somebody's, you know, uh, parents, you know, camcorder, you know, at their college game. I mean, you've got legitimate broadcast quality content now to really be able to scout these players, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, there's a lot, a lot of layers to it. So one, the broadcast is like, times 10. Um, I hate to say it, but Saskia's time, you know, even when she was a pro, like the broadcast was, <laughs> wasn't always the sharpest. <laughs> um, and so like I can, you know, it's not impossible for me to go find video on a D2, D3, NAIA, you know, ECNL, G8, like there's just so much out now. Um, so there's you that. You can't find my eight millimeter? But then the, you know, the league ran the, the combine um, this year. They've, uh, North Carolina and Louisville have done stuff on their own, but they did a joint one this year. So even if, you know, I think this is something that will have traction in the future, but like if you miss the whole season, which is not ideal, but like you can go to those combines and see goalkeepers there. And that's something MLS has done. And now MLS uh, NWSL is picking up as well. So um, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to connect with the goalkeepers now. You know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that combine right there, Bill, because I think honestly, that is so huge goalkeepers. You know, we talk about it all the time. How many goalkeepers fall through the cracks because they're not given the opportunity. Let's say you played at a small school and you go to one of these combines and you showcase that you can play at that level, Sauce. Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about the fact that if, you, if you're if you on an ECNL team and you go into a tournament or something like that, how much are you really showing as a goalkeeper? How much are they really seeing? And so it's so important for you to go into a combine, go into a, a, a training camp and everything so people can actually really see you. Yeah, you know, Bill, like, do you know what the kind of like the genesis of this like NWSL combine is? Because obviously MLS has been doing it for a while. Yeah, so like I said, Louisville and North Carolina, they've been doing theirs individually. Um, I think North Carolina has done it three years prior to this year. And then this year, um, I believe it was Haley Carter that kind of got things started of saying, hey, how about we do a joint one and just put it all together here? So the one they had this year, they had 17 goalkeepers, but it was just one day, um, I think you could see that expand a couple of days in the future, but unlike in MLS where they all have their individual, you know, there's one at one team, one on another team. I think on the woman's side, there's more likely to have a joint one that just will run. Now they, they may split them up again. I, who knows? But um, yeah, from, from all accounts for the coaches there, it was kind of jam packed of evaluating the goalkeepers, educating the goalkeepers, but also bringing in coaches from, lots of different ranks and educating them. Uh, the USC with Lisa Cole was involved with that. So um, it was a lot of kind of layered thing that I think a lot of people kind of missed, uh, which is understandable, but for the people that were there, like they got a lot out of it. And I, I think to one of your you know points, it is huge for the goalkeepers to go there, but one thing that they can't really replicate back home is the pressure. Now you're, you know, training in front of pro coaches, like that's a, that's a huge jump in pressure that, you know, maybe someone coming from Tiny Tim, university like didn't really get that and now they're 
in front of you know pro coaches like that's that's a big jump so there's, there's a lot I don't of know. Have, you, have you seen tiny tim university they are they're solid <laughs> i have i have you know i've seen a lot of universities and some, <laughs> i feel uh, like tiny tim university was one of the schools that did send me a letter they were like they're like you know what i think you would have i, I think, think you would have been perfect i think there. it would have been great like we only recruit <laughs> goalkeepers under 510 that's all we do yeah that's what all could have been, could have been yeah um uh so let before we kind of start talking about these players and everything like that like what are some of the trends bill you're seeing now when you're talking about the draft obviously one of the difficult things when you're talking about the nwsl draft is playing time since there there is no technically lower division for nwsl there is now the new usl you know women coming in as a division i think trying to be a division one league as well too but in regards to the nwsl it's very difficult to get playing time yeah you know the landscape's changing and it's rapidly changing i would love to see the two leagues work together i think if genuinely the usl league is wanting to make themselves a first tier it only makes sense to pull to pull first tier players over and have them play but i think what's more likely to happen is you won't see too much of any loan uh between the two leagues because it's kind of classic u.s soccer landscape that people are vying for power and, and pulling each other apart. So I would love to see um, more cooperation there. But as of right now, if you get drafted, it kind of depends on your situation, but Australia has been a big home for a lot of American goalkeepers. Um, I think we've got three or four there right now. Um, France hasn't been uh, too poor, but I think that one's a, a tougher connection to get into. So there are ways to go get games other places, but um, without a reserve league here, like you're, it's kind of 50, I don't know if it's even 50-50. It's unlikely that you're going to be getting a lot of games somewhere. Like you're, you're looking at a good chance of just training for a year, which some people need. And, you know, some people need games. Just kind of depends where you're at your, in your arc. I mean, look, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, like Susk, obviously you're an analyst for NWSL. Yeah. And, and you've you've seen this. There was the Challenge Cup and there was opportunities for some some goalkeepers uh, to to get opportunities. Obviously, you're talking about the, the fact that, that, that Angie, you know, got, got playing time with Angel City. Um, you know, that, that first year and everything like that. Um, but the fact of the matter is like, should a lot of these goalkeepers really be freaking out about tomorrow about getting drafted or should they really be more focused about getting into a camp and, and finding an environment where they fit? Look at Liv Sikaney. She didn't get drafted last year and she ended up at racing Louisville. No, but what, what goalkeepers should be worried about is going and getting games. And I agree with you 100%. Like we need to have some sort of a collaboration with the Australian league with the European leagues and stuff like that. So our third string goalkeepers, our second string goalkeepers are going out and playing because you're not going to see them there as a goalkeeper. You don't want to sit on the bench. And if you sit for three years, they're going to bring somebody in that was playing for three years somewhere else. So we have to have that collaboration. And I would love the collaboration to be with the USL, but it's not going to happen. You know, they're battling head to head to be the number one. It's not going to happen. First of all, they're not going to happen. That's just my opinion. And everybody can come at me. But they should be a second division team. NWSL should be first division. And there should be a work in and a work progress there. Thoughts, Bill? Yeah. I mean, again, at the end of the day, I, I think it's telling that when this goalkeeper combine happened, you had multiple coaches, multiple teams, all coming together to work together. And I think in the goalkeeping sphere, we're, we're typically pretty um, willing to work together. I think right now, 
you know, you see Caitlin Rowland going out west, leaving North Carolina. I guarantee you, Nathan Beckerly at North Carolina is super proud of what Caitlin's about to go do. You know, they've they've worked very closely. There's been a lot of time and effort there. Um, you know, in my opinion, I, and I've thought this for a while, she's a number one in the league. Like, I think she can go do it. So I think from a goalkeeping standpoint, we understand the point of collaboration. Um, I think from the higher ups, they view it more as a threat or a scared or, you know, it's one of those things like, okay, we've got to make inroads and, you know, yeah, we, you know, the USL side, they want to get it at the table and we've got to figure out a way to make that work as opposed to just like kind of fighting and scorching the earth and, you know, only having one of the two standing, like you need both. So I, I can go on a long soapbox about that. Um, I will say Saskia, I think they'll do at least one year. I'll, I'll give them at least one year. Um, I think year two, as, as you are probably remember, like, year two and year three of leagues are really tough, but I think year one, you, you can. Yeah, I think they'll be fine with year one, but what you're running into is running up against the European time time. So you're going from fall to spring. Number one in the United States, we all know television wise and everything else wise, that is a college football, college soccer, um, NFL and everything like that. That's why, that's why the MLS That's why the NWSL plays when they play. So you're running into those things as far as like production goes and everything like that. On the other side, it's taken 12 years for the NWSL to have franchises that are worth $150 million, $60 million, $75 million and stuff like that. You can't roll in with a $2 million franchise and think you're going to come up against a $150 million franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, they, I, and I think they wow. I'm sorry, they, that's the truth. No, no, you're, you're not wrong. True. They're, they're going to need a lot of patience and honestly, a lot of money to like stay afloat. And if people start pulling out early, like we've seen in the past, like there goes the league. And and that, and my work, my worry is this is that is this is that like unlike you know, second divisions and third divisions, you know, in, in Europe that are you know, supported you know, by fan bases that have been you know, supporters of that club from that town for their entire lives. There's no like, oh man, I've been a Fresno supporter. You know, my grandfather was a Fresno supporter and that, that sort of, so it's very easy for someone to jump ship if something's not working. Look at, look at American football and like the U, UW, <laughs> UWFL, Is that XFL, the name of it? USFL. I whatever, don't even think you know the called. name of it. Exactly. And that's <laughs> the point. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It's and I think the rock owns it. All right. <laughs> well, the, the ones from last year had to merge together to, yeah. to, to, for this year. So the USFL and the XFL are now the UFL or something like that. All right. Mm. Let's get into the draft. Um, um, obviously, you know, what are some <laughs> the things tomorrow, you know, we should be looking out for? First off, Bill, uh, before we start looking at some of these goalkeepers that you're looking at, what are the chances of, of goalkeepers even going high in the draft tomorrow? You know, I don't think it's this year, to be honest. And, and... I, I do think mock drafts and predictions are kind of silly because the reality is what it takes to get a player drafted a lot of times is not publicity and what everyone is seeing. It's what's happening behind closed doors. A coach knows a coach who knows a player. You know, like there's something very intimate there that is going on that the public just doesn't see. So you never really know. It's been a while since we've had a, a goalkeeper go in the first round. Um, I think the one that really stands out to me, um, and just because it's kind of a unique situation, but Emmy Allen coming out of UNC, um, she did she redshirted her first year, so I 
redshirt sophomore. Um, but she is foregoing her uh, rest of her eligibility, which obviously very rare. You don't see that happen too often. Um, and so she's in the draft. I think, you know, obviously coming out of UNC, like that's a big name brand there. Um, yeah, I reached out to her and just kind of asked her about her decision to, to go on. And she decided like the development, you know, it's tough in college to consistently train and, you know, it's all the, the limited hours of when you can and can't work with a coach. And so, um, I think she's really interesting. I think at UNC, my personal opinion, um, goalkeeping kind of gets boiled down a little bit to being a little bit one dimensional. And I think watching her game, she has a lot of depth to it. Um, but if you're leaning on the narrative side, she's lost two, she's lost back to back finals in probably the most painful way you could. Um, so, you know, it kind of depends where you want to, want to put your eggs on it. But I, I think she's a really interesting goalkeeper. Um, you've got Christina Roque out of Florida state as well. That one's probably the next highest up for me, but, uh, Mass and White, first team All American, come out of Texas Tech. Like, there's definitely some big names in it, but I think Emmy Allen's one for me personally that she's younger. There's she's hungry. Um, the question is, what can you do with that? Um, you don't want to just have her sit for three years, of course. So that's the. Big I, I want I want to look at her tape again here. And first off, you know, while we're looking at this tape, obviously a, a quality goalkeeper, and obviously some some great you know some some great actions right here that we're seeing with her and everything like that. Um, you know, and I love the fact that obviously she's she's holding on to the ball and clean handles and everything like that. But Susk, the fact that now goalkeepers are coming out as underclassmen, we literally just had a conversation a few hours ago with somebody regarding how difficult it is for a goalkeeper to be ready to play at any level without experience. And now you're talking about underclassmen leaving college to try to play in the professional game. Yeah, and I think it's a mistake. I mean, bottom line is... Uh, and Bill, you can, I think you can back me up on this, is that no goalkeeper coming out of, I don't care if you're coming out of UCLA, you're coming out of Florida State or wherever you're coming out of, you're not going to start in a pro team, in a pro league, whether it's the NWSL, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in South America, as as a debutante. You're not, it's not going to happen. And so you, you have to get up to speed. You have to get up to everything. So coming out as an underclassman, as a sophomore, as a junior, it's not the same as coming out as an Alyssa Thompson or her sister or something. You get slowly worked into the process as a field player. You do not get slowly worked in as a goalkeeper. It's all about training. And so, like you said, Bill, you can sit for three years and train for three years. You could play two more years in college, and then you could go somewhere else and then come back. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a tough call because a lot of goalkeepers, when they go to Europe, they're, they're getting in awful environments for development. They're not having a goalkeeper coach. They're not having this and that. In the league, there's a bit of a spectrum with it as well. If there's some really good environments, and there's ones that are kind of lacking a bit. And so if you can get yourself into a better environment, is that really the payoff for no games? Is it better to play in a worse environment? Like, these are kind of the questions that on the men's side, they're not really having to ask as near as often, but on the women's side, like this is, I mean, it, it's saying something that a UNC goalkeeper with, you know, years left on the table and two years left is saying like, uh, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather go try a pro because I think I can develop better. And I think in some sense you have to respect it, but I think your cause for concern is fair sauce because 
you know, if well, she's I mean, I understand the mentality when you go to college. College is you have blackout periods, right? So you're not allowed to talk to your coaches. You're not allowed to work out. You're supposed to study. Oh, I thought you were talking about a different blackout period. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true too. But um, <laughs> but you have blackout. You have blackout periods where you can't train. Yeah. Uh, unless it's on your own and you right. can't have any insight, you can't have any coaching or anything like that. And I get that. If you're like, I'm trying to progress, I'm on the youth national team, I'm this and that and the other. And I can't have these moments of pause in a sense, but at the same time, you're, it's not ripe for goalkeepers. Goalkeepers should not come out early period. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, obviously, it's just, just she's, she's put down the microphone. She's literally—I thought she was going to drop. Goalkeeper should not come out early. Going to bring no. it, bring it down right there. Well, I mean, I mean, look, Bill, in the in the men's game, this is this is this is just the trend now. I mean, we literally were even joking about the fact that like the the men's college draft is now a phone call because it's <laughs> it's it's they consider yep. that that significant now um, compared to where it was before, where it was a full-on production because they were looking at these players to be you know, instant players right now, you know, it seems like now in the men's game, you know, any halfway decent player, you know, by 11 or 12 is already snatched up by an MLS next Academy and is already under, under contract with them before they even go to college. Yeah. You know, it's different from the, there's definitely some parallels and there's definitely some big differences to give some reference for the NWSL final. We had two young goalkeepers with Manny hot and Claudia Dickey and they were 24, 25, you know, so for, uh, Emmy Allen, I think she's 21, um, but uh, and okay, I think she's 22, 23. Like, you know, to Saskia's point, if Allen gets drafted and she ends up being a young goalkeeper that plays, that's still three or four years for her. So, you know, then it comes a question: It's like, well, how good is she? You know, can she play earlier? So, um, I I think if you're gonna roll the dice on this you really have to put faith in who's picking you up and do they have a track record of taking care of their goalkeepers or yeah. are they just going to, you know, are they drafting one young goalkeeper and then drafting another young goalkeeper and then not really having a plan for both of them and just seeing what happens, you know, like, um, so well, are they drafting them, training them and selling them? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let, let's uh, let's move on to another prospect that you that you've liked in the draft right here that you think has has the potential to be an NWSL starter one day. Uh, Christina Roque. Um, first off, uh, Bill, uh, we're going to put some highlights of her up right now so you guys can kind of see what is it about her that you like. Um, and she's a Puerto Rican international. Is that is that correct? Well, she I don't know her backstory as, as I should know, but she she could have played for the U.S. She's kept tied with Puerto Rico, so it's like she she can't come back. Um, but I think for teams dra drafting, she is going to be a big plus because she'll she'll she won't count as an international player because she's she has citizenship here. Um, but for her, she's a really interesting goalkeeper. I think she's probably the number one goalkeeper in college with the ball at her feet. Um, she's not perfect by any means, but she is very good. Um, but I think the thing that stands out to me is she plays at the level of her teammates and. And maybe in young person's terms, she's a bit of a gamer in the sense that, like, when it when it's time to compete, like she shows up. Um, she's not really flashy, and sometimes it can look clunky. Like that that clip right there looks a little clunky. However, like somehow, some way, she manages to get the job done. So she's a tough goalkeeper to show someone to say, like, hey, this is what it should look like. Because there's times I'm like, oh, that looked a little odd, but you can't deny the track record. And I mean, maybe the most confident goalkeeper as well in college, like. 
that's something that's going to stand out for a lot of pro pro coaches of when they're looking at who they bring in, like just a little stuff like on that play where she kind of freezes a little bit, you know, just like, Hey, I got like, look at me. I've got the ball. Like that's sort of stuff I love. Um, she's got a little bit of flair in her game. So I think she's a really interesting goalkeeper, but she's also can play out of the back, which is a huge, huge plus. You know, one thing Suska that I'm noticing about these profiles of these, of, of, of these goalkeepers, like, uh, like Christina Roque is that, you know, just, we were talking about length and wingspan earlier today. <laughs> And it just seems like the goalkeepers that have that profile are more sought out in the league. Um, is that just, do you think just because so many goalkeepers now are coming up with that profile already being identified, being brought into college, or do you think it's just because they fit the professional game better? Well, I think the argument here is that like, you know, Bill said is that she's good with her feet. And I actually think that's the profile okay. that's being sought after you know you have cookie cutter things like goalkeepers can make the saves they have a long wingspan they can you know go to the upper 90 and everything like that but who is good and solid with their feet and you know so that is what i think every team is actually looking for yeah um bill i mean i i you're, you're probably correct correct on that bill i know that you've been doing a lot of of research and analysis in regards to the amount of possession that goalkeepers are playing now in the league when the college game isn't reflective of the professional game. How difficult is it to scout that? Well, and I think that's part of the the complaint from the pro coaches is that a lot of goalkeepers are getting to the level of getting drafted or getting that time to make the jump and they're, they're not rounded out. They've been really good at three out of four things, but you know, and even that ball, like that one hangs up a bit, but the right back can pull that down. So you know, it's who who can play out of the back sounds simple, but you just don't see it a lot in the women's game yet. We're getting closer and better, but a lot of teams, you know, at UNC, like they didn't really play out of the back like this. Like Emmy Allen's not doing this sort of stuff. She's not direct, directing traffic or driving that ball there. So, um, yeah, it's huge in pro game. I think they want the colleges to develop the goalkeeper more. But again, with those kind of blackout periods, it's like, you know, right now, like in January is the time to kind of like really hone in on this stuff. But like goalkeepers are kind of left alone or they have to go work with their old club coach or something. So it, it's it's a tough problem to solve, but it's it's in high demand nonetheless. That's a good ball there. Oh, no, I mean, these are all really good balls. Um, let's let's move on uh, into to this this next goalkeeper right here. Now, who's who's this that we're about to see uh, from South Carolina? Uh, Heather Hines, she is really uh, probably one of the more exciting goalkeepers just because I never quite know what I'm going to get. Um, she's a little undersized, but immensely athletic. And she has um, an amazing split save. I mean, I, th I think that's probably the best in the game. Um, she's really agile, um, and she has to do that to kind of make up for a little bit of height there. But she, uh, I think this is the clip here, kind of the, like this save here. If you just don't see that a whole lot, that's starting to creep in a bit more um, on the collegiate side, but like she makes it look easy. And so she's really exciting because she can do stuff like that and does it again there. Um, but there's times where it's it's almost too brash um, and she's leaning a little bit too much into it. Not as bad as some of her peers, but um, she's one that is interesting because it's like, well, can she tone up a little bit and clean up a little bit? Or is that just what it's going to be like? So um, she is a really fascinating goalkeeper because for me, this is probably one of the bigger what ifs in the draft of like, well, can she figure it out? Can she clean up her, her game or is it always going to be a little sloppy? 
but you know, speaking of that though, Susk, you know, in regards to the what if types, like, okay, if you're gonna, if you're in the later rounds, and you want to make sure that no, that she can't get into anybody else's camp, do you take a flyer on a goalkeeper like that because you're like, wow, well, the ceiling on this person is absolutely worth it for us to, to to make sure that they can't go into somebody else's camp because if they if they can pop at the professional level, imagine if we had missed out on that. Well, I think when we see that in the drafts. Uh, you know, we see them allow goalkeepers to drop, to drop out of the draft, and then invite them into camps. I think what you're seeing here is like a, a Maddie Mangio. Like you're seeing somebody that's so athletic and so, you know, her timing is epic on the through balls and coming off her line and everything. So you, it's not that you're taking a chance on somebody like this. Look, you have the cookie-cutter goalkeepers that right now are like six feet tall, right? But then you have to... You know, you have to fill that with goalkeepers that are athletic and quick, and maybe they're five seven, maybe they're five eight. They get off their line and they make those they make those saves. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking. I mean, from a, it's a nod to you, Mike. Oh well, well <laughs> when, when when people think athleticism, <laughs> athleticism and goalkeeper profile, they think of me. That is. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about the short. Oh, the short. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, my men's league is very disappointed that I'm not playing tonight, that I'm here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention instead. At beautiful Media Row in Exhibit Hall D, guys, uh, uh, booth number 008, if you're around. Why am I looking around at everybody here as if they're staring at me right now? I should be staring at you. Okay, so uh, let's let's move on because there's another goalkeeper I think that that you were really high on uh, right after – right after her right here and this is a the corner guy i actually want to see the corner kick real quick here oh good touch noticing a lot of boxing by these goalkeepers i'm not no and again i like her athleticism i like her explosiveness so if this is somebody you bring in as a two or as a three they add something to training they add something to like your every day and you can count on them if something happens no, absolutely. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on. I think there's a, there's another goalkeeper that you had right here. Uh, 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 is this more of her? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So there's a there's a lot of Heather, by the way. So I have a feeling yeah. that you're 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 pretty high on that goalkeeper <laughs> ceiling right there. Um. Okay. So uh, let's talk about let, let's talk about your your next goalkeeper right here. This is at Texas Tech, right? They playing Princeton. Yeah. They're playing Princeton in this. Why are you looking at me? Well, because you're from Princeton, New Jersey. I am, but I went to Rutgers. I know you did. <laughs> but Princeton, New Jersey. Yes, I am in a, a tiger at heart, but I am also a Scarlet Knight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, but what do, we, what do we got going on right here? Well, you got your first team All-American, so I can't really go wrong with that. Uh, Madison White, I think the big thing for me is watching her from 2022 to 23, probably the highest growth for a goalkeeper, at least one of. Um obviously uh, switching goalkeeping coaches. And I think that's paid off with Blair coming down and he's done really good work with her. But I think for her, the question for me is it's the opposite for Hines. So Madison's got good heights, right? But you can see from the footwork, it's slower from how she moves, but she covers more of the goals, more explosive, stronger. Like, so where do you want to put your, you know, again, put your eggs. Do you want to go with someone who's maybe a little slower but has a little bit more power? Or do you want to go with someone who's a little bit quicker, can move fast, get on 1v1s, but they're going to struggle with some of the height, some of the directness in in the league? And I think right now where the league's going, where it is right now, that's a good save there. Um, 
that <laughs> they're going to lean on the taller goalkeepers for sure. I think both Madison White and then also Caldwell from AM we'll see here in a little bit, I think. Um, but they're they're good on crosses. They're strong. Like they kind of fit the profile. I think the question for me is, was the growth kind of a one-year thing or how much is left in the tank? And, you know, that's a question that we all have to kind of wait to see. Um, but certainly interesting goalkeeper for sure. Um, you know, uh, Bill, I, I know when, when you had made a list and everything like that, uh, there were also some goalkeepers on there that you felt were in this draft that may not potentially be right for the NWSL. Does that mean that you feel like they're not right to be a professional or they're just not right for that league? Well, I mean, the term professional, I think people don't really understand exactly what that entails because you can be on a pro league and, you know, be making peanuts. You can be on a pro league and be getting paid well, but the, the quality isn't very good. It's just, it's a lot of variety in a couple different directions. So I genuinely believe in this, this I'm not being facetious with this. If you are on a division one team or a good division two, division three team, there's a professional league for you somewhere. Now, it may be a cow pasture, but it's still a pro league. So it kind of depends <laughs> on what your, your standard for pro is. I, I have played on cow pastures. Wait, you so. played on a cow yeah. pasture? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. That's yeah, it. yeah. So you get it. You get it. And like yeah. if that's you know, if that's your dream, I think it's really admirable when when people go overseas and there's not fanfare and you know you grind over like that's really admirable to, to someone to do that. Um, because you're doing it for yourself, you're not doing it for anyone else. But when you say like someone's not anyone that's in the draft right now, there's a pro league for for sure. Now it, it may not be in the U.S., you know, but there's there's a pro league. It just kind of depends if you can even get in there, or even if if you want to do that. But I think that's a good point, Bill. I think it's what's your what's your end game, right? Are you going in to grind to go to the cow pasture or go to the dirt field that I played in in Japan? Wait, dirt field in Japan? Dirt field that I yeah. used to rake before practice so I could. Uh, like, Wait, like, like loosen up the dirt so it didn't hurt so much when I dove. Like the maintenance people? Like you would yeah, like, like I would, like the maintenance yeah, I would just loosen up the dirt. But is that your commitment to to getting to your end game? Or do you want to sit on a bench as a third goalkeeper and say, hey, I'm the third goalkeeper for San Diego in the NWSL and I'm never going to see the field? So what, what is your mentality? What is your end game? And what are you willing to sacrifice to become the goalkeeper you think you are? I mean, that, that's a great point right there. Now, Bill, I just want to ask you right now, since we have you here, do you have an analysis and a breakdown of Suskia playing for Oki on the dirt field? <laughs> Oki Dada. Oki Dada. I've never even seen that. I would love Well, to it was watch. half grass, half a baseball field. So the, outs the baseball field was dirt. And so it was so hard that we used to take this metal rake and rake it across, me and Tammy Pierman, rake it across the front of the 18 to just chunk up the dirt. So I was actually eventually diving on sand. That's yeah. un that's unbelievable. Diving on sand. So it was like beach soccer, basically. No, it wasn't that thick. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> still wore boots. It wasn't like, yeah, wearing, like no was, shoes. That's a loose analogy. No, no, no shoes type of thing. Um, no, Bill, we're going to go a little bit a little bit lighter uh, today over over on this. I know a lot of you guys are used to our three hour podcasts, but it's a little crazy here at convention. So we're going to try to try to save it, save it a little bit. Um, and I know a lot of people out there right now are at convention who are watching this. Do you kind of have any final thoughts on tomorrow's draft? What people should be what trends people should be looking out for and and coming up in 2024? Any goalkeepers that we should be taking taking a look at? 
Well, I think, uh, you know, f f to be honest, like what you should be looking for is like year two. So like, you know, I, I'm not really a big fan of drafts in general. Like I'd rather it just be an open market of like, Hey, like if the place makes an offer for you, like, you know, you're gonna let the players decide and give them some more freedom on that. That said, I mean, there is some fanfare and excitement that someone is officially, you know, getting a foot in the door, um, what they actually get out of that. I, I'm a little foggy on if they have to be offered a legit contract or not. I know um, in MLS, if you get drafted, you have to get a legit contract, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But uh, there's some excitement there. But the reality is, like, they haven't done anything. Like, you can get drafted and be a complete, you know, bust and, and never play. And that happens, honestly, somewhat frequently. So for me, like... I think I'm interested in a certain, some certain teams that draft because I know, okay, that's a good environment. But then I see sometimes goalkeepers could draft. I'm like, uh, like I hope it works out because like they haven't had a great track record thus far. So for me, it's kind of year two or year three. But yeah. you know, it's kind of interesting to see the results. But um, if you put too much weight in today, like you're you're just trying to get clicks and headlines. There's not a, there's not a whole lot to really take away from just you know tomorrow. I think my question is, do you see any team in the NWSL that needs a keeper? You don't know. Like, um, let's be blunt and honest. <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to think. Let, let me stall for a little bit of time. You you answer your question first. Let me go to the teams real quick. But you, you answer if you – I'm leaning no right now, but you go first. No, I don't believe there is whatsoever. Like even the new team, even the expansion teams and everything like that. No, I think that um, Bay. You think Bay and, and no, I think Bay is going to bring. I think we're going to see after the draft that Bay is going to bring in a European goalkeeper, and that is that is played in that is you know schooled and everything like that to add to their. Is that is that where Caitlin went? That's where Caitlin went, right? To, well, to, yeah. To, so I. Uh, Although we're looking at Caitlin being their number one, I think they'll bring in a European goalkeeper. That'll be their number one. I think everybody else is set with their number ones. I think they can bring in goalkeepers, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of goalkeepers go in the draft. Like we did last year in the third round and fourth round, we saw a bunch of goalkeepers go. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, Bill, quick question for you. You know, um, obviously the trend now on the men's game in Major League Soccer is that there's a lot of goalkeepers coming in from overseas. I mean, we're looking at people like Petrovic now who's like, you know, starting at yeah. Chelsea because of injury and everything like that. Uh, when he was at New England Revolution that they brought in from overseas. Hugo Lloris coming to LAFC. Do you see a trend like that happening in NWSL? Or do you think it's still going to be domestic goalkeepers for the most part? Uh, you know, they just doubled the salary cap. So I think... There's a good chance of it. I think the problem that we run into is that like most of our goalkeepers are either close, if not better than overseas. If you're going to pull someone in from overseas, like I'll be honest, there's probably half a dozen at most. There's not that many that like really push the envelope. Um, so, and then even that, like you've got good American goalkeepers overseas. Yeah. I'll, I'll just throw one name out there. Laney, Laney Burdett, who's playing in yes. Sweden. Vitzjo, I think is how you pronounce it. She's legit. Wait, like, say that again. I think it's Vitzjo, V-I-T-T-S-J-O, but we'll just we'll problem. just say it sounds good to us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the Swedish, you know, speaking people, but um, but like you could go bring her in, and like I think she could raise the level at a few teams, if I'm being honest. But again, that's an American goalkeeper, like Emily Alvarado, national team goalkeeper from Mexico, yes. back up in Houston now. Like you know, it's tough to pull in like these good goalkeepers, and Emily's a very good goalkeeper, but it's tough to pull in a goalkeeper. So. 
they've got some money to, to splash and you could see it with some of the you know mary Earps obviously has a lot of buzz right now but is she really yeah, but better? do you need to do that i think yeah, that's, that's the conversation we're having yes like, bring in mary Earps so that val and tillis joyce can start at manchester United. <laughs> it's all because we want fallon it's all because we want fallon to start but at the same time it's like I agree with you, Bill. Do you need to do that? Because the goalkeeping here in America and the goalkeeping with Americans that are actually already playing abroad is at such an equal, like, there's no difference in the level that do you need to spend a, an international player spot to bring in an ERPS or something? You don't. You can go and find the Americans that are playing in Sweden, that are playing in England, that are playing in, um, you know, Spain, and you can bring them home yep. and not not use that spot. Yep. I mean, that, I mean that, that, that's, a, that's a great point, right? That's a great point right there. And there's nothing wrong with those goalkeepers playing overseas. No, playing in those, they're those getting are really games. Good, and those they're are also really good in. leagues, too. No, those they're great very, leagues, very and they're leagues. playing. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, Bill, this this has been awesome. Um, uh, obviously, you know, we were talking about the Hall of Fame cards that you've got going on. By the way, shout out to everybody who was at a uh, Joe Lloyden session over here at convention right now. I know was you, that what it was? They, they they just wrapped. No, 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 not that. <laughs> okay, I was no, like, no. They, that, that was. I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, me either. I that thought that was a pickup just... game going on right. There. <laughs> Right, right there. Uh, you know, but uh, but all, but honestly, if anybody there was at, at Joel Lloyd's session, um, you know, uh, come over to uh, Exhibit Hall D, booth 008 and Media Row right now. Uh, we're going to be here. Come say hello. We're also going to be doing a meet and greet with TKI uh, tomorrow. So if you didn't get a chance to talk to Jill and the rest of TKI crew, uh, you're going to be able to talk to them here on Media Row. Uh, Bill, you posted something uh, based on a post that, that Jill made in regards to in regards to getting drafted, can you talk a little bit about that? And then we're going to elaborate a little bit more with Jill uh, on another show. Yeah. I mean, she, first of all, Jill's legit. I'm jealous that y'all get to see that session. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, so I wish I could have done that or been there for that. Um, she just put out her, th her threat. I, I didn't even, I just forwarded on it. She did such a good job. I was like, I don't need it. If I add anything, it takes away from it. So <laughs> I stayed out of the way, but, um, one of the things that she talked about in her Twitter thread, number one was character. And I think that's a hundred percent, right? I think, yes, you've got to you know keep the ball of the net, but if you don't have the right mentality, like you're, you're not going to survive and people think, Oh, it's, you know, it's soccer. I played at college. I can do like, yeah, that's right. But like, you've got to be able to rebound from making a really embarrassing mistake because it's going to happen at some point. And yeah. I think that's much, much easier said than done. A lot of people cannot do it. So you know, I, that's, that's, and she, she went on from there, but I think the fact that that was number one was like, okay, like she, she knows what she's talking about. And not that I ever had any doubt, but like, it's just more proof of like, man, like Jill does such a good job. So, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a great thread. She it's on Twitter. She did, um, six things on what she thinks that takes to really make it in the league. But, um, I thought the fact that that was the first one, like, yeah, it was a good point. You know, and I think for any young goalkeepers out there who are aspiring to play in the league, they should look at that thread, Susk. No, absolutely. And uh, she's just epic. You know, bottom line is Jill Lloyden, TKI and everything, they're on point. And she's just a, such a great mentor. And we're glad to have her a part of the union and everything. So you can't go wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's so much to say. No, I no. I, I, I mean. Great segue right there over there, guys. If you're if you're over here at at, at uh, Exhibit Hall D, 
008 Media Row. I'll get that right someday. Uh, <laughs> come by, say hello. If you don't know about the union, come by, learn all about the platform. You can go to uniongk.com. It explains everything. We have a raffle going on here, guys. Uh, if you uh, if you come by and uh, you uh, do a 30-day free trial of uh, Union Premium, uh, you get a free hat. Uh, you also get answered into this raffle that we got going on for a whole union gift bag with all sorts of different goodies going on. So come on by and check it out. And shout out to all our mentors that we've had, uh, you know, come by the booth already and all of them have been doing amazing work. Really want to shout out people um, like Miguel Martinez, who we just met for the first time in person today, who just came on board as a new mentor today. Uh, Going to be doing some Spanish language stuff, some foundational work. Um and uh, we're really, really excited about it. So I think, uh, I think, I think you guys have to check it out, um, and also check out everybody's soccer because honestly, Bill, the work that you do in regards to, you know, these rankings really shines a light on a lot of goalkeepers out there who wouldn't be getting that shine in, on other outlets. So Absolutely. I think it's really massive. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, when I first started writing, I wanted to do these long, in-depth things, but then I realized no one liked reading those, and then everyone likes looking at the rankings. So I <laughs> steered that way. I was like, all right, we're we're going that way. So. Um, but no, it's been fun just highlighting goalkeepers and saying like, hey, like this person's done a good job. They they deserve some attention. So, yeah. And obviously, guys, if you want to reach out to us, it's contacted inside the 18 mediacom on email or at Goalkeeper Podcast on the Union app. It works just like any sort of social media. So you create your handle out there. You can DM us at, at Goalkeeper Podcast. We will get back to you. Uh, and hey, some people might be like, "Hey, more Bill Reno, more Bill Reno, more Bill Reno." And we'll have to have you back. More Bill Reno, seventh time. With seven I, uh, this is five. Next is six. I, I'm in the five uh, times. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's all right. So. All right, guys, we got to save our voice. That's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Bye, Bill. Later, yeah. guys. Yeah.